1: Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Are you interested in bringing more health to your community? If you are, today's show is really perhaps just what you've been looking for. We're going to be talking with some folks who you might say nobody asked them to revolutionize the health status of their community. But they've got an amazing story. I want to introduce you to them today, and there's a lot of practical lessons that I believe can make a difference for your tribe, for your community, for your urban area, wherever you are at today, whether you're Native or whether you're not. The ladies, Jenna Holland and Christina Elliott, glad to have both of you on the show today.
2: It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for giving us this opportunity.
1: Well, let's get acquainted with you ladies first before we tell your story. So, Jenna Holland, tell us a little bit about who you are.
3: Well, here at Willowbrook Church, I am the health ministry leader. Uh, professionally, I am a registered respiratory therapist, and I work at a local community hospital here in Washington County.
1: Okay, so Washington County is in the state of Maryland, is that correct? Yes. Okay, so you're a health ministries director for a Christian church uh, about an hour or so outside of Washington, D.C. If I got my geography right?
3: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, you're also a registered respiratory therapist working in a hospital. So great. Next to you is uh, Christina. Christina Elliott, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Um, well, I am Jenna's sidekick or partner in crime, as we like to call each other. Um, I am a registered dietitian and a massage therapist. So currently, I uh, work at home with my three homeschooled kids on our farm. So I'm a stay-at-home mom at the moment, and I just have a passion for health. And when Jenna asked for help, I said, let's do this.
1: Okay, so we've got uh, two ladies who uh, both have a passion for health. You've got a connection in your communities, both uh, professionally, socially, with your families. Uh, you're involved with a, a church and uh, I'm just going to ask the question because I heard this amazing story. I was on a, a university campus, uh, oh, probably six weeks ago, and I ran into someone who started telling me about you ladies. We'd never met, and I said, I need to, to meet these ladies. It sounds like an amazing story. And if I'm understanding the background right, all of this health outreach that you're doing grew out of a situation where people would say was not a really good situation. Am I understanding correctly this all started with the COVID lockdowns and stuff?
3: It did. It did. Um, we shut down the church and uh, we weren't doing much in the way of education. Um, and I felt like This was an opportunity for us to get our health message back out there, not just for us um, staying at home, worried about it, but for us to share it with others as well. So I went to Pastor Sean and I asked him if I could be part of the health ministry team. And he said that their health ministry leader had just stepped down and we spoke for a while and he asked me if I would be willing to be the health ministry leader.
1: I love this part of the story because everybody can relate to this, you know, whether they're a member of a faith community, whether they're a, a native person on a reservation and they're looking at needs around and they say, you know, I, they feel like the creator speaking to them and they say, well, maybe I should talk to one of the tribal council members and let them know I have this interest. The amazing thing about your story is it sounds like you weren't even aware that they had a need for someone as a health director, but you sense this calling that you should at least inquire about it. Am I reading too much into your story?
3: No, that's pretty much how it went. I felt like you know there was a there was a deficit that I could help provide information for, and um asked if I could help do that,
1: okay. So I appreciate this because so many people, you know, Jenna and Christina, you ladies are in the trenches right now. But so many folks see a need for something to be done. They have a concern. And sometimes it's just a matter of if you sense that need, we'll speak to someone in authority, whether it's in a tribal organization, whether you're in a community group, whether it's a faith community. And sometimes people are looking for people to, uh, to be involved in some of these things that can really make a difference in our communities. Christina, somewhere along the line, you get involved with things, too. And maybe that's getting ahead of the story. I don't know, ladies, but I'm wondering how this all comes together. I know Jenna has got suddenly a role during the pandemic as a health leader in a church that's not even meeting. And people are thinking, well, like, you know, where is this going to go?
2: Yeah, um to be honest, we were actually members at a different church and it stayed closed a lot longer than um Willowbrook did and we wanted some place for the kids to go, so we just came over to Willowbrook temporarily and I just kind of started seeing a few things that Jenna was doing and uh the pastor here got to know us and once he heard that I was a dietitian, he's like you have to meet Jenna and you have to work with her. I'm like <laughs> okay. Um, but the moment I met Jenna, I just knew that, you know what, I want to work with this lady. She's amazing. And, um, talked with her, got involved, you know, we just started brainstorming and we both had pretty much the same ideas and, and a, a lot of different ones too. And, mm-hmm. but we just had a passion, wanted to do this and we both clicked very well. And uh, now she's probably my best friend, which is awesome. But, um. We just have fun. To be honest, it's just fun. And we both mm-hmm. have the same passion. And uh, once I got to know her, I just, it just sealed the deal for me, you know, and being a stay-at-home mom, and I had been living abroad for seven years prior to coming back here in 2019 and um, didn't really have the opportunity in the areas we lived to be able to do too much with the church. And I just was wanting to, and then landing here and, and meeting Jenna was just like, all right, God, it's my time. Let's
1: do this. Okay, well, this is exciting. I I love to see how the creator connects the dots in people's lives. But I think you've got us all a bit mystified because folks are saying, "Okay, well, Jenna's doing something. And it gets uh, (laughs) Christina all excited. Well, what were you doing, Jenna? What did you start doing during the pandemic that got this woman so excited that she wanted to join you?
3: Well, I'm not sure what. What clicked for her? Um, I, <laughs> I'll run down the list of what I was doing, and we'll see. <laughs> I think it was probably my desperation when it came to needing <laughs> help for the cooking class. She felt sorry for me, but I started uh, doing these weekly health nuggets—is what we call them here. And so every month, I pick a subject, and then I go out on YouTube and I look for videos that are anywhere from one minute to about eight minutes long on that subject. And they're shown every week at church. And I try to pick topics that are relevant to what's going on. So I started in August of, I think it was 2021. And I picked back to school and good sleeping habits. And then I would do a monthly presentation on that subject if people wanted to meet and get in it a little deeper. And then I also started a walk with a doc program and um, Christina and her family came out with a walk with a doc program. That's a global program that was started by a physician in Columbus, Ohio. Um, He was trying to encourage his patients to get out more and walk. And I guess he just started asking them, would you meet me out and walk with me? (laughs) And then he created this walk with a doc program. Um, So we signed up and did that. And then it came time for, I think next was the cooking class. Yeah. And um, when our pastor came and said, hey, let's do this cooking class. This is when we should do it. We had like six weeks to put us together. <laughs> so so um, we really spent a lot of time together that six yeah. weeks mm-hmm. and our friendship, our ministry, it has just grown from that.
1: So this is exciting. What is so inspiring to me is a lot of folks can listen to the show and they can say, okay, well, registered respiratory therapist, dietitian, also massage therapist in Christina's case. Uh, you know, sure, these ladies have a lot to offer. They're professionals. But what I am hearing is even though you've got the solid health backgrounds, a lot of what you were doing were things that that really anyone could do. Well, I don't want to minimize the importance of the training and your ability to sort through things, but you were showing uh video presentations that other presumably professionals had uh, put out on YouTube or other sources. And you're showing those in your church. And then after people have watched these things for a month, then you meet together and talk about these themes. Have I got the original plan down, Jenna?
3: Uh yeah. Yep. The opportunity is there for people to come and, yeah, learn a little more. Mm-hmm.
1: So give us a little bit of perspective. Um, we've been talking about the Willowbrook Church in Maryland. And how many people at this time are maybe attending church and seeing these videos? Just a rough estimate.
3: Oh, text my dad real quick and ask him. <laughs> he does the count.
1: Are we like talking thousands, hundreds, 20? Um, Do you see what I'm asking?
3: Uh, we- Estimate around a hundred, probably. Yeah. Because okay. we um, we have you know people come that are probably anywhere from what fifty to eighty mm-hmm. a week, maybe, and then we have an online um, uh, presence as well. Yeah. So we have people that watch online.
1: Okay, so so it's this isn't uh, you know a stadium or anything like that with tens of thousands.
2: Not yet. <laughs>
1: Not yet. Good. I appreciate that spirit. So, and that may have not been your attitude initially. You weren't trying to see how many people you could impact initially, right? You were just trying to pull this off. Or were you ladies, are you pretty comfortable if you were speaking to thousands?
3: We would like, we're ready. Like we want, we, we want more. We want everybody to be healthy.
1: <laughs> well, good for you. Good. And is that how you started? Cause most people are scared. I, when I just talk with people about being a guest on a radio show, Most of them say, Well, you know, like this is really scary. I've never talked to thousands of people at one time. But was that your attitude initially? You said, Hopefully the church is packed, or are you saying, you know what, I wouldn't mind if for this first cooking class we just had ten people? What was your attitude?
2: That was that was more (laughs) me, the first cooking school. My the first night of the cooking school was was pretty bad for me. Um I looked down at my notes and I couldn't see any of them. And (laughs) It was just like, everything went blank. Luckily, you know, I, I I fumbled my way through day one. And then after that, like every night before I redid all of my notes in like huge bold pages so that I could see them. But after that, it, it was fun. We had a blast after the first initial jitters, we had so much fun and you were talking about, you know, people not having, like us having a background in the medical community, but we have on average, like for the cooking school, what, 20 to 25 volunteers and then people mm-hmm. who who volunteer for other things that don't have a medical background. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you give them a little bit of reading or even just greeting at the door and it gives them a sense of empowerment that they've done something and it doesn't really matter that they don't have a medical background. Um, they're just people who are excited about it and want to help. Don't go out giving medical advice on something you don't know, but don't let that scare you to teach a cooking school. You don't have to be a dietitian to teach a cooking school. Anybody can follow a
3: recipe. Yeah, and our theme for the cooking school this year is um, plant-powered prevention. So every night we're talking about a disease process um, that can be prevented, potentially treated um, through diet and lifestyle. And being a respiratory therapist, not one of them is a the lung disease. The lectures that I wrote, you know, it's just, it was taking the time to do the research. It was just, you know, having this passion for this information and having this passion for other people.
1: Well, wow, this is great stuff. And uh, I appreciate what you ladies are doing. You're going to be giving a number of practical insights for folks who are getting inspired by your example If you're tuning in to today's edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living and you're getting scared, that's not the point of today's show. We're not going to sign you up to speak in front of groups of people, but there's some really encouraging things happening at at Willowbrook and in Maryland that I think are of relevance throughout Indian country and beyond. We're going to be bringing some of those practical messages to you as we continue our dialogue. Stay by. I'm Dr. DeRose. We've got more coming up right after this.
0: Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please reach out to us on the web at AIANL.org. That stands for American Indian Alaska Native Living. Again, AIANL.org. Or you can call us at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. We are strong. We are resilient. And we will get through this together.
3: But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community. And know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash
0: hope
4: Contact your local USDA Service Center or visit www.fsa.usda.gov.
5: Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, See what you can do online at SocialSecurity.gov.
0: Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673.
1: Here again is Dr. DeRose. You are back with Dr. David DeRose for today's edition of the broadcast. I'm speaking with two ladies who are making a difference in their community. Jenna and Christina have really caught a vision for what they can do to improve the health of their community members. If you're just joining us, they're based about an hour outside of Washington, D.C., kind of west, uh, northwest, if I've got my geography right. They're connected with a group called, uh, well, I'll let you tell us, Janet. Tell us again the name of the church that you are both a part of, and uh, give us a bit of additional information, namely how can someone connect with your church and your health programming?
3: So uh, the name of our church is Willowbrook Adventist Church. We're located in Boonesboro, Maryland. Um, you can connect with us through the website. Um, if you go to willowbrook.church, you can find us listed as health ministries under the ministries tab and you can contact us. There's an email there and you can ask us any questions you want. We check that email box every day. Um, And all of our, all of the things that we do are on there. We've got the calendar of events. Um, We have links to different sites um, that we use. Um, like our Walk with the Duck site is listed on there. Um, nutrition Facts is on there. Different things. And every month, uh, we used to have a book club that we did, but the participation wasn't. Many people read the book, but they didn't show up for the actual book club discussion. Mm-hmm. So we changed how we did it, where each month Health Ministries is making a book club suggestion for people just to read on their own. And then of course we make ourselves available for any questions that anyone has regarding the book, but.
1: Well, this is excellent. Uh, many of the folks know that American Indian and Alaska Native Living has kind of a partnership with another group called Timeless Healing Insights. And I will be honest with you, we are not doing as well as you guys are in answering, you know, every question that comes through. Uh, we end up sometimes saving them and answering them on the air on this radio show. So, uh, if people have answers that they need right away, willowbrook.church. That's really the website. It's not like willowbrook.org, willowbrook.com. It's willowbrook.church, huh? Yes. I haven't seen a lot of websites with the .church extension. So uh we know how to find you guys now. And Willowbrook is just W-I-L-L-O-W-B-R-O-O-K. Have I got that? Yes. Okay. So let's talk about this book club because I think there's a connection there that involves you guys and me, um, because at least this is the rumor I heard. I don't know if, if you've confirmed it or not, Jenna, but tell me how uh, you got connected with Dr. David DeRose and how the book club and all this came together.
3: So our very first book was uh, The Methuselah Factor by Dr. David DeRose. Um, I saw an interview on It Is Written uh, with you and John Bradshaw. And I read that book a, a few years. I've, I've been reading health books for many years. Um, but I read that book. And when the idea came to me to do a book club with the church and the community, I was like, this is the book that we have to start with. Cause like, this is the book that everybody's just gonna, like, this is the connection, you know? And we had a very well attended discussion panel for that. A lot of people showed up and a lot of people were reading the book, including our pastor at the time. And the month that we did our discussion was the month that we had the Methuselah Factor videos every week at church. And so I believe that is how our pastor recognized you. <laughs> he had read your book, and then he had watched your videos.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting dialogue. So I was giving a series of lectures on a university campus, uh, I don't know, probably 500 miles from where you guys are, I'm guessing. It was in southern Michigan. and. Uh, and I just started talking with this fellow. He was, uh, recruiting for a summer camp or something, you know, cause it was a college campus trying to get workers and things. And I think I was actually getting ready to, to eat lunch, maybe waiting for my wife or something. And uh, he says, D- don't I know you from somewhere? And as we got to talking, he said, Oh yeah, we've been watching your videos in church. And the, you know, when you do free videos, I mean, nobody's got to call me and get permission and yeah. So I don't know who's watching, uh, you know, the videos that we produce. So he started telling me the story about you ladies and how you were impacting your community. So uh, I'm glad that he was using our videos. So at least there was a connection there. Otherwise, you know, he wouldn't have told me anything about you probably. So you use the Methuselah Factor book and uh, then a number of other books. You've got this book club. You're doing different events. I think a lot of folks are interested in the cooking schools because people have heard about cooking schools, cooking classes, and I will say from someone who's done a lot of community programs over the years, I personally have helped with cooking classes, like uh, giving some medical information, but I'm not a cook. I've never been doing the demonstrations. But I will tell people this. In my experience, it may be different in your part of the country, but I rarely see anything that is as well attended as cooking classes. People just seem to be interested in these. Have you found really good attendance at those?
2: Yeah, our first one, we we were full, the first one. Um, I think we
3: had around 30.
2: Yeah, and that's what we had planned on. And we're planning on the same number this time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not quite sure where we're at number-wise yet. But yeah, it was very well-received. And like I said, it was a lot of fun and we had just about everybody I talked to wanted us to do it again. Um, and when, when's the next one? When's the next one? You know, do we have to wait another year? And Jenna and I are like, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've got so many other things going on. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. We can only. <laughs> um, but it is, it is something everyone looks forward to. I, I've heard nothing but that is when is it starting? We're so excited. So yeah, I, I can see when you say people like to come it is something that we've been uh we've been nagged about with when's the next one coming
3: (laughs) but we make it fun too we do I mean like we make a mess Mm -hmm. we make mistakes (laughs) we she is our cool t-shirt lady and I'm the crazy hat lady (laughs) so like I this year I've got a strawberry hat and a cluster of grape hat you've got new t-shirts so I mean we just we come dressed up like the fruits and vegetables we want you to eat
2: (laughs) and that's what people said they liked the most that it wasn't so serious that it was laid back it was fun and yes we made mistakes Mm -hmm. um like we have a camera above looking at the demo table so people can see everything and I don't know how many times I was told when I was showing ingredients you have to put it under the camera under the camera Mm -hmm. I'd be totally away from the camera Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and um but um it is that is something it's it's not as actually overbearing people think oh cooking school it's it is a lot of work but it's a lot of fun work and mm-hmm. it actually isn't as hard as you think it would be you just need a table and you need a room and you need some people to cook food, but it's not as hard as you think it would be I, I highly suggest looking into it. it it is a lot of fun. It's probably my favorite thing that we do.
3: And most of our, well, I shouldn't say most of our recipes. Last year, most of our recipes were like from our kitchen Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because we were comfortable with those. And because we had such a short amount of time to get ready, we knew that they were good. Like we didn't have to practice all all new recipes. So we actually shared most of what we're making for our families anyway. Mm -hmm. And this year we're doing a little bit of that again as well. So you just... Now, if you cook healthy at home and you want your neighbor to cook healthier, too, just start a cooking school. <laughs> if you've got the recipes, you've got the biggest tool.
1: <laughs> so. This is uh, very empowering. And uh, I've shared this story before, but it was one of the things that really impacted me as far as helping with cooking classes over the years. Uh, one of the privileges I had was uh, actually in Indian country. I was on the, the Pine Ridge Reservation, one of the uh, Native women there, just kind of a similar spirit that you ladies had, wanted to help her community. And she had a real concern because she'd look at these recipes and a lot of the ingredients weren't accessible there on the reservation. And so she went, she even looked what commodity foods were available and she adjusted these recipes. So she had her own recipes and she said, you can just, you know, go down right over there to the grocery store, whatever, and you can get these right here on the res. And so I think it's so powerful because you're saying you don't have to do everything perfect. It doesn't have to be these these recipes that are published in some book. It's just what you've developed for your family and you're sharing that. And if you're doing it to be a blessing, to be a help, to give back to your community, people are going to appreciate it. And especially if you've got a A friend doing it with you, we can see already just from the dynamic, and granted we're doing this, uh, you know, as far as full disclosure to my radio audience, uh, we're on Zoom uh, recording this. So I'm watching these two ladies and their positive uh, interaction, but uh, you have a good time together. We can see that. We can sense it even over the audio connection. We're going to step away again just briefly, but again, if someone has just jumped on, they say, wow, this sounds really engaging. I want to see how to advertise this, how you've laid things out. Uh, Tell us again, Jenna, how someone can connect with the different health programs that you've put together.
3: Uh, Willowbrook.church and you can find us uh, as Health Ministries under the Ministries tab. And our email is right there.
1: Okay, so willowbrook.church is the website. And if I go onto that website, that's for your whole church, but I'll find a Health Ministries tab. And that is my door to see what you guys are up to, and even reach out to you. Maybe get some more information or some more encouragement, right? Please do. Okay, we are going to step away. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're talking with Jenna Holland and Christina Elliott. We will be back with these ladies and hopefully back with you as well coming up right after these important messages.
0: It used to be that any able-bodied person would offer to assist a police officer in danger. Now, passers-by are more likely to take a video. There's a better use for your phone when an officer's in trouble. Call 911. Tell the operator where you are and what you see. Then, start your video to provide evidence later. To learn more about how you can assist law enforcement, visit nationalpolice.org. That's nationalpolice.org.
4: Unlike other health concerns mental illness is not always easy to see. Depression won't show up on an eye chart, and you can't measure it on your bathroom scale. Sorting out a mental health concern is not something to attempt on your own. You won't find a bipolar disorder by looking at a thermometer. Like many other health conditions, help for mental illness takes professional diagnosis and treatment. Anxiety won't just go away under a stick-on bandage. So the sooner you seek treatment, the better. If you or a loved one has a mental health concern, don't go it alone. Find out what to do. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. Learn more at samhsa.gov support. That's S A slash support.
1: Using meth taught me everything about freedom, only not like you think. It taught me how easy it is to lose your freedom. If you think meth is taking control of you, ask for help. You have the power to be truly free. I know. I'm Jan, and I'm free from meth.
4: If you or someone you know
3: is struggling with meth, call 1-800-662-HELP for 24-hour free and confidential treatment referral. Learn more at samhsa.gov meth.
0: You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673.
1: Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back for the second half of today's edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We are talking with Jenna Holland, a registered respiratory therapist, and with Christina Elliott, a registered dietitian and massage therapist, who've really taken making a difference in their communities to a different level. When things were shutting down during uh, COVID, they said, no, we want to make a difference. We want to help people. We want to try to improve the health of our community. That vision has continued. And if you've been with us from the top of the hour, you may be saying, oh, well, this is just another one of these church groups that are doing stuff for their church members. But what's so inspiring to me, ladies, is you're collaborating with all kinds of community groups. When I met uh, your former pastor in Michigan, he was telling me about an interesting connection you had with the Red Cross. Tell us first about that story.
3: So we had some church members that wanted to have a blood drive here at the church, and we have a great space for it. And so I met with a gentleman in charge of scheduling those and showed him our space. We could not get the amount of pledges that we needed, though, to have a drive here to start a new drive. So uh, about a month after meeting with him and letting him know that I couldn't get the pledges you know, I would, I would try again when, you know, when more people showed an interest. Um, he reached out to us and asked us if we could help with a weekly drive that happens in Hagerstown, Maryland every Wednesday. And so I came back to my church and I announced it to everybody and said, Hey, listen, they can't come here, but they asked us to go there every Wednesday. May. And we just uh, check people in when the donors come in to give blood. um, We check them in, get them settled, and get them ready to donate their blood. That's what we do now every Wednesday. We've been doing that since uh, the beginning of December.
1: Now, of course, for those who've read my book, The Methuselah Factor, they know that's one of the things we talk about in the book. Is it fair to guess that that was part of the inspiration for you guys to donate blood?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. When we read this book as part of our book club, uh, many people that uh, participated in that book club uh, did say that they started giving blood after reading your book. And one thing that I do is I order a book and they have a little section. They have a little bookshelf where it looks like other people have left used books. So um, I buy a Methuselah factor and put it there. Because I do, when people come to donate, I do say, hey, thank you so much for donating. You're not just saving another life. You're helping save, to save your life, too. You're making yourself healthier. And with some people, I discussed the Methuselah factor. And um, when we first started, a gentleman looked at me and he pointed at the bookshelf. He goes, well, where is it? It's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> well, somebody else took it. You're going to have to just come back again in eight weeks and see if there's one there for you. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: Very good. Very good. Well, you've been partnering with other organizations too. Christina, tell us some of the other groups that you're working with.
2: Um, Yes, we actually have right down the street from us. It's um an organization that works with foster kids. And every year they do a, what is it, like 150 mile? It's
3: 185.
2: 185 mile bike ride um to raise funds and raise awareness for this organization. And our uh, pastor had gone over there to just to introduce the church to them and just to get to know them. And we were actually the only church that showed up. They, they actually sent invitations out to the community trying to get, you know, their name out. And we were the only church that showed up. And they said that they would like help in some way with this event or, or something. And, well, we went and talked to them. And one of the concerns was that no one was eating the food after the bike ride. And they were kind of serving things like fried chicken and stuff like that. And I don't know about you, but after a hard workout fried chicken really isn't what I want to eat. Um, so Jenna told them, hey, this is something we can help with. Uh, we like to cook. We like to cook healthy food. Let us do this meal for you. So this will be our first year doing that. Mm-hmm. Jenna and I will be setting up stuff for like Buddha bowls, I think is what we plan yeah. on doing uh, with vegetables and quinoa and hummus and things like that and delivering it to them to be taken to one of the one of the stops along their bike route so just a way to get our name out there and to promote health yeah
1: that's great i understand that there's something else an active thing and i heard about this but i don't know what it is so i may be getting myself into hot water but i heard about a a crop walk? Have I got this right that somehow you're connected with? So
3: this is something that another pastor um, at another church in our area, he runs this thing called the crop walk. And it's just a charity walk that helps feed kids around the world. But when you raise the funds, 25% of it stays in your county. It stays in your area. So, uh, it was something that we agreed to do. We were big on flyers and (laughs) we're really big on flyers and talking to anybody that will listen. Um, so we got a team together here and we made our little t-shirts and we were, for our first year, we were the second biggest fundraisers for the crop walk and what we raised we left What I think. I don't know, maybe around $300 stayed in Washington County, in our little section of Washington County, to help feed our community.
1: So you ladies have been reaching into all kinds of areas in your community. I know this is early on. You've only been doing this for a few years, but you're collaborating with other folks. And I think it's such a, a beautiful model, whether it's a tribal organization, whether it's a church, whether it's a nonprofit, whether it's a business I mean, a lot of people could say, hey, why don't we just try to make a difference in our community? And you're talking about things that both of you are doing part time. I mean, you both have your hands full, whether it's in your case, Christina, busy homeschooling mom with three children or whether it's uh, all the things that you're juggling, uh, Jenna, as far as registered respiratory therapist in the hospital. But you guys are doing this in addition to the other things you do, but you've got a good support network too. Did I gather that you've got a team of people there at your church who help out with these things? Tell us a little bit about that group.
3: Well, pretty much we, I mean, they're all kind of different. You know, the people that volunteer at the Red Cross are different than the people that help cook and serve at the cooking class. Mm -hmm. You know, when I can't make a walk with a doc walks, I've got other people that come in and lead out there. It's just a matter of, of asking and, and people say, Hey, I can do that, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and the thing is, is that it's not about them doing all of it. It's about them doing what they can do or what they're interested in. And I honestly think it's because, I mean, we are truly, we are truly passionate about this and, and there's just no, I mean, that's just who we are. (laughs) So, and I think that that, because we believe in it, other people believe in it too.
2: And if you don't ask, you don't know if you're going to get any help. You right. have to ask, you know, and um, Jenna and I have a good way of asking too. We just tell people, <laughs> this is what we're doing and you need to show up.
3: <laughs> well, and Christina came up with this amazing way to do it.
2: Yes. Yeah, so we like, Instead of just saying, please sign the sheet out in the foyer. I send the sheet down the, down the rows every week if I need help. I'm like, I'm going to start it up here. I'll pick it up in the back once I get enough volunteers or I'll send it through again. <laughs> but it, you'd be surprised. I mean, there are people out there that maybe they're just a little shy. Maybe they have the same passions as you. They just don't have the the idea or they don't know how to put it together. And they're just waiting for someone like you to step forward. Maybe maybe with the idea or with the idea of how to to get it going so that they can join you. And I think it's just all about asking, Mm -hmm. just ask. I mean, there are people that are willing to step up, but you got to ask.
1: Now, I don't know if you found this, maybe, you know, your method of asking people is uh, is more effective, but I can remember in one community where I I was for a period of time, it seemed like no matter what we did, no one would say they were going to help until about a week before the event. And we always had plenty of people to help. Is this a common thing? Tell us about that.
3: I feel like ours have been pretty receptive. We yeah. did VBS last year together too. And we got.
2: But that was overwhelming.
3: That was, yeah. But that, you know, and I think we're not afraid to show, um, to show that we need help. I mean, I have come up, I came, I had, I remember once, um, Sabbath, I was coming to church and I had asked our pastor, can I please have two minutes to get up and ask for help? And I think I was asking, I was introducing our Red Cross program. Well, I had worked till three o'clock in the morning, so I was running late, hmm. <laughs> literally running up the church aisle, you know? So it's like, you know, we're not afraid to show that like, Hey, we do need your help. This is proof. <laughs> this is how, this is how wrecked I am without you. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, it's a great message. There's so many people that want to make a difference. And really just your example of saying, we decided, we're two ladies that decided we're going to do something. And once you do that and you share that passion with people, you invite people to be a part of what you're doing, the support has come. And you continue to deliver uh, a variety of programs. Let's talk now to someone who's listening to your story. They're saying, I would love to do something like this. Um, there aren't many, I don't have a, a circle of influence like a faith community. I don't have much stature in, maybe they're not on a reservation, they're a native person, they're in an urban area. They want to do something that can, you know, help indigenous people. But yeah, there's a community center somewhere in their community that's uh, designed for, Native people, but um, they don't have any connections there. Speak to someone who doesn't feel like they have connections. Can they do anything or can you just say, hey, sorry, you know, we're in a good position here and and tough luck for you. Is that your message?
3: No,
2: I don't think so at all. I mean, like the Red Cross, it's not affiliated with our with our church. Mm -hmm. Approach them and ask them how we can help. I mean, if you have a community center. Most people are desperate for help nowadays. I mean, we're all crazy busy. We're all overworked, overstressed. You know, everybody needs help somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, find something you're passionate about. Maybe it's about the Red Cross. Maybe it's about, you know, a soup kitchen or helping in a hospital, helping in a nursing home and go ask, go ask. You know, you don't, you don't need to be affiliated with the church to go help at a nursing home or to help at the Red Cross or food bank and just step up and ask, you know, and I'm sure there will be people there that will be happy to have you help or point you in the right direction to where you can go be helpful.
1: I love the message because what I see you ladies demonstrating, what I hear you uh, appealing to people with is the fact that everybody can make a difference in improving the health of their community. And if you're someone who is going to take the initiative like uh, Jenna and say, hey, I think I can lead out with something great, but if not, find something that's happening that you can be a part of. I know you ladies have some other great stories. We have to step away just briefly, just one more time. We're talking to Jenna Holland and Christina Elliott. Their website is willowbrook.church. Go to the health ministry section. You can learn about what they've got uh, coming up. You can connect with them. But we're going to be back for one final segment Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back for our final segment of today's edition of the broadcast. I'm Dr. David DeRose. With me, Jenna Holland, a respiratory therapist, and Christina Elliott, a registered dietitian and massage therapist. Most of all, these are two ladies with a passion to bring health to their communities, to improve the health of the people around them. They've been doing that for a number of years, and we're, well, I'm being inspired by their stories. I hope that you are as well. Ladies, I want to lead into this segment with something that we were speaking about off-air. I know you've got uh, another program coming up, and I'll I'll lead into it with a story. Oh, probably, I want to say eight or ten years ago, I was uh, speaking at a National Indian Health Board conference. I was speaking one of the breakout sessions, but in one of the plenary sessions, uh, they had a speaker by the name of Dr. Neil Nedley, and uh, Dr. Nedley really... uh gave a very engaging, inspiring talk on mental health to the folks who were gathered there. And whether you're an Indian country or whether you've never knowingly met a Native person, everybody today, it seems, is concerned about mental health. It is such a huge issue. Tell us what you're doing with uh, Dr. Nedley and his programming in your own community.
3: Well, uh, this fall, we are going to be doing his depression and anxiety recovery program. It's an eight-week program and it's already done by him. We're gonna be showing his lectures. It's uh, um, I said it's about eight weeks. it's I think about two hours each night, just one night a week where we're gonna show one of his lectures and then have a group discussion after the lectures and then go home and work through your workbook throughout the week and come back and do it all again. Uh, we've heard some people that have gone through the program, are very excited that we're doing it here actually because they've done it before or they've heard about it and they want to do it. People have heard in our circle that we're doing it and I've gotten some text messages and emails asking, is that what you're doing in March? And I'm like, no, the cooking class is in March. We're doing the depression seminar in September. So we have some some people ready to sign up for that for sure.
1: It's a very good program. I've run it in a number of settings and you know, we were speaking about how people can get involved. And uh, one of the places where uh, we were actually, I was working with a couple of different community groups that were both doing, in different parts of their city, were doing the Depression and Anxiety Recovery Program. And one of the guys leading out in one of the groups, I don't think he'd ever spoken in front of a group before, but I told people he had this amazing talent he could take uh, in that in that era he could take a DVD and put it into a DVD player and hit the button and then he could wax eloquent afterward and say things like, "What did you think about that?" And then people would just start talking so uh yeah, it was pretty amazing because you'd think, "Oh, well, what could this guy do? He's not a health professional, but he really had a burden to help the mental health needs in his community, and he had like you guys had heard about dr Nedley's programs and wanted to do this program for his community so it, it's a pretty easy program conceptually to deliver right
3: yes it appears that way
1: Christina have you worked with the program before or is it your first time doing it as well
2: this is my I've heard about it read through portions of it before but I've never participated in it but um you know when Jenna said when I heard Jenna had was um, started thinking about doing this I think that the timing is perfect. There's been such a huge surge in mental health problems since COVID, and I think you know if you want to help your community, this is a great one to start with. Like I said before, like you said before, the program's already done. You know, you just push play, and though you do have some facilitators afterwards to help people through uh, the conversation part, but um, you don't have to be professional to do to do this one. And with what COVID did. To all of us, I think that this is, this is a good way to help people come through this right now.
1: It's great. We have had Dr. Nedley on the radio show in the past, and some folks know how to get a hold of him. Usually when I'm looking for his resources, I just go to drnedley.com, so D-R-N-E-D-L-E-Y.com. Is, is that the best way to connect, or do you find a better way that you guys are accessing his stuff?
3: That is how we connected. Uh, we signed up to become, um, I, I get the titles wrong. There's an associate director and then there's the facilitators. So, um, I signed up to be the, um, associate director and then I've got my facilitators, um, you know, getting trained up to do it as well. And you can find that through that website. And once you signed up to become a trainer, like you get, all sorts of support coming at you via email um, by them.
1: Great, great. There's one other thing that you folks told me about off air that we just have to touch on because you do represent a church and some people think, well, you know, churches are usually just focused on their own faith community. But I know one of the things you mentioned is you're doing all this health outreach for your community, but as a church, you also have uh, programs where you're having Bible studies or practical Bible teaching that answers a lot of questions people are asking today. You were telling me that your pastor was uh, sometimes doing programs like that. He had an interesting request of you ladies, though, to try to connect the health work that you were doing with his Bible teaching. Tell us how that all played out.
3: Well, he just asked us um, how we could get involved. And so, At some of those, he'll play some of the videos that we play in church, and then sometimes we will make a meal, Mm -hmm. actually. And one night, so last year at the cooking class, we didn't make one veggie burger. No. And we saved the burger night for the upcoming community Bible study. And we invited everyone back to come and try. What do we have? How many burgers? Oh, it's like fifteen different <laughs> fifteen different burgers.
1: <laughs> really? You were making fifteen different burgers from scratch, telling people how to make them?
3: Yes. So yeah. we had so we came up with the recipes and we asked for volunteers again. Mm-hmm. And we handed a different recipe to our volunteers. And then we cut them up so that everybody could try the different burgers provided the recipes, Mm -hmm. Christina made an amazing salad, and, you know, just invited everyone to come back for a burger night.
1: I was really excited about this show. I'm going to be, you know, just full disclosure, but the more we talk, I'm getting a little bit more and more disappointed. Maybe some of my listeners are as well, just because we're nowhere close to where you are. I'd like (laughs) to show up at one of these cooking classes. (laughs) Sounds (laughs) like you guys have all kinds of fun, all kinds of great food. Let me ask you this. What can I or any of my listeners, what would it benefit us to go to your website, to go to willowbrook.church, go to the health ministry section? What can we find there? I mean, can we find recipes? Are we just going to find what you're doing? What do you have on your your website?
3: Um, We haven't put any recipes up yet, um, but you will find what we're doing. Uh, We keep everything in the calendar. So if you access the church calendar. You'll find all of our health programs there that we're offering. On the website, you'll get our book of the month recommendation and then our walk with the doc information, our email to contact us with any questions. And I think that's it. Some connections, I believe the Timeless Healing Insights. If I didn't do it, I'm sorry, I've been busy with the cooking class. If I didn't put it on there within the last month, Um, Because I was just exposed to it over the last month, it will be there um, in the future. But you can connect to nutritionfacts.org, just other resources and tools that we use to create our, not just our programs, but our lifestyle as well. Mm We're sharing that there on that website.
1: So if I'm hearing what you're saying, Jenna, and Christina, you tell me if you think I'm getting this right. So if someone goes to willowbrook.church, they go to the Health Ministries tab, two practical things they can get there at a minimum. One is they can get encouragement for their own health journey, things that can help them as far as being healthier but they can also see what you guys are doing, get some ideas maybe if they want to do something, programs that they could offer. Am I hearing that right, Christina? Yes. Anything else that you ladies would like to put out there as we're in the final minute or so of the program, any encouragement you'd like to give folks who've been tuning in for the last hour?
2: If you have an idea, share it with a friend. If you have something you're passionate about, if you're not connected with a group, don't let that you know, discourage you. Go to these organizations, go to these places that you are passionate with and ask to help. Like I said, everyone's looking for help nowadays. If you get turned away from one, find another. And don't be afraid to, to you know, put your ideas out there. Don't be afraid to step up and say, I can do this. And don't let things discourage you. There's so many programs out there already put together that are just click and play or build your own. I mean, Jenna and I had fun last year with our cooking school and following someone else's program, but we just thought that we wanted to put our own spin on it. So we
3: did it. We just put it together. Yep.
1: Tremendous.
3: And finding a good buddy. Yes.
1: (laughs) You ladies are an inspiration. Thanks for making a difference in your community, sharing with uh, with my listeners, giving people... Just that uh, additional inspiration to make a difference. Thanks so much.
3: Thank, Thank you. you.
1: Well, that's all for today's edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. As always, I'm Dr. David DeRose, wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio
2: Network.